In the first reading for today, we are told that in Jerusalem there were all sorts of people visiting from all different countries. And one of those countries that is named is the island of Crete. In Titus, another book in the New Testament, chapter 1, verse 6, St. Paul is speaking to St. Titus about the qualifications for elders, for bishops, for priests in the early church one of which is the ability to encourage others by sound doctrine and to be able to refute those who oppose it. He goes on to say that in Crete, where the gospel is now being proclaimed, there were many rebellious people and deceivers who must be silenced as they were teaching falsehood and they were doing it for financial gain. At this point, St. Paul quotes a famous Cretan who wrote, Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, and lazy gluttons. Well, that doesn't normally sound like St. Paul, does it? Well, he's actually quoting Epimenides of Gnosis a man who was a poet, a prophet, and a native Cretan 700 years before Jesus. 700 years. He's quoting this prophet, this poet, who characterized his own people as liars. Now, I needed to check that out. So I asked Father Mario, he was Epimenides' neighbor for a while there on Crete. So he said, yes, that was true. Boy, I'm glad I'm not from Crete. Anyway, today is Pentecost. This feast marks a beginning, a birthday of sorts of the church when the Holy Spirit descended in the form of fiery tongues on Blessed Mary and the apostles, the same Spirit who hovered over the waters of creation in Genesis, in the beginning, in the beginning of creation, now brings to birth a renewed humanity, a new creation, a new beginning. But Pentecost is not only a fresh start for the human race, it is also an end, an end in the sense of completion, of bringing to completion the Easter miracle, the Easter mystery, what we call in the church the Paschal mystery, the very goal of Christ's saving death and his resurrection Pentecost is a unique event in the unparalleled history of our church. When the Spirit came down upon the church in a way he had never done before, and in a way that he has never done in quite the same way since, 
and the Spirit came down once and for all to bring Christ's Easter mystery to completion and to begin the calling of a new humanity out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and yeah, even Cretans, into a single body, a single church, in praise of a single God, the creator, redeemer, and sanctifier of us all. This Pentecost provides a solution to many puzzles. One of these is forgiveness, which we heard mentioned in today's gospel. Forgiveness can be a puzzle to us. Sometimes it seems so difficult, so impossible to forgive sins in the face of horrendous crimes. And I could spend the rest of the hour just listing the crimes that we've heard of in the last two weeks. But I won't. It can be difficult to see how we can have the right to forgive in the face of evil. And yet we cannot put limits on the forgiveness of God. And it is our Christian experience that when forgiveness seems so difficult on our part, so impossible, we can nevertheless forgive through God's power, through a share in His unlimited capacity for reconciliation. The solution lies in the mystery of Pentecost, where the Spirit brings this power to us, makes this capacity real within us. Another puzzle about forgiveness is why. Why we need to receive it in the here and now, again and again, if God has already given it to us. If God has forgiven all our sins through the cross of Christ and declared us just through raising Jesus from the dead, why should we need to get baptized for the forgiveness of our sins? Why should we need to go to confession, to do penance, to seek God's forgiveness in all the other ways that make up our Christian life? If God has already forgiven us through the cross, why should anything else be necessary, especially anything done on our part? Well, a friend of mine was with a friend of hers. And they were going through the, the painted churches up on the edge of the hill country. My friend told her friend, who was very Baptist, now these are the confessionals. Beautiful, hand-carved doors and all sorts of things. Beautiful artwork, woodworking. These are the confessionals to which her friend, without beat, missing a beat, said, oh, I just go straight to Jesus. You know, 
Sometimes in the dark of the night, we've all just gone to Jesus. Maybe in our bed, maybe kneeling beside of our bed. We've told Jesus about the horrible things we've done. And you know what we hear in that moment? If you're in my bedroom, you hear the ceiling fan, which is always slightly out of balance, going kathunk, 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 kathunk. I don't care how many of those little rubber things that you, you know, you're supposed to put on those fan blades to make it. All you hear in the dark of the night is kathunk, kathunk, kathunk. It is from the gospel today that Jesus gives his followers, and especially the clerical order, the clergy, bishops, priests, the ability to forgive sins in his name. So, a Christian, a Protestant, can talk to God by the side of their bed and hear kalunk, kalunk, kalunk. Or, as a Catholic Christian, you can get in the line on a Saturday for reconciliation. You can go talk to one of the people that Jesus has sent in his name into the world. And when you talk about your sins, you hear a human voice say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I forgive you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Don't know about you, my friends, but I know there are times in my life when I need to hear a human voice. There was a little girl who was trying to go to sleep one night, and she was having a horrible time trying to go to sleep, and she was tossing and turning, and she was wanting water and all these things, and finally her mama came in and, and sat by the side of the bed for a few moments, and she told the little girl, she said, don't worry, your guardian angel is right here, right here beside you. And the little girl looked right at her mama and reached up and said, but mama, I need a skin face. I need a skin face. Sometimes we need a human voice. Again, it is a mystery of Pentecost that provides the solution because it is through the gift of the Holy Spirit that what Christ has done for us is made a reality within us. What Christ has done for us is now done in us through the giving of the Holy Spirit to us by Christ himself. His Spirit meets us deep within our soul to connect us to the reality of his saving death and his forgiveness of sins, to connect us to the reality of his resurrection and the promises that he gives us of new life. This is why Pentecost is both an end and a beginning. 
It is an end because it is the completion of Christ's saving work. Because it brings the risen Christ into our hearts, breathing his forgiveness throughout our whole being and making what Christ has done for us on the cross something now done within us. And that is why Pentecost is also a beginning. It brings to completion the work of Christ for us precisely by making it a new beginning in us. The end of the Easter mystery is the very fact that a new life is begun in the world. The life of Jesus' church. The Christian life of forgiveness, of the sacraments, of turning to God, of mutual reconciliation in Christ, unity of every tribe, every tongue, every people, and every nation. And maybe somebody needed to remind St. Paul that day, even the Cretans. For all of us, a new beginning is sometimes necessary to be honest about the past and at the same time to draw a line behind it and move on because failure and struggle are also the mark of Christian lives. Failure and struggle are also the mark of Christian lives. For none of us, for none of us, is the Christian life a smooth progression from heaven, from baptism to heaven. I don't know how you got to church today, but if you came down Kirkwood or, or Willcrest, that's the Christian life, always under construction, most of the time with nothing but potholes. Huh? Yeah? Me too. Under construction and full of potholes. For all of us, in a world marked by sin, but also a world marked by God's grace, where sin abounds, the grace of the Holy Spirit abounds all the more. To some extent, each of us, each of us, needs to begin each new day anew as though it were the first day of our Christian lives. But today's feast celebrates a unique event, a unique moment in time. We, the church, for all of our failings. I want you to hear that. The Catholic Church has got some potholes, and many of them it made of its own digging, okay? We, the church, for all our failings, need no new Pentecost. We do not need Christ to die all over again. The value of his saving death is unlimited. He lives forever, and the same spirit of Pentecost can come into our hearts over and over again. As we make our way through this life, potholes, construction, and all, his forgiveness can be limited only from our side, only from our side, 
only if we refuse his generosity, but the gift he has given us at Pentecost is always sufficient for our renewal if only we are ready to receive his gift, to receive it again and spread his forgiveness and his message of reconciliation throughout the world. So this morning, let us pray that the Spirit of Christ will renew our hearts today and continue to fill the whole world, even the Cretans, with the love and the power of God. Amen.